All right, guys, right now at Green Mountain Dental Group, you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam if you're still using a manual toothbrush. What are you doing? Step into 2020. What are you doing? What, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> you're probably walking up uh, the aisle at King Supers, like trying to pick out a $2 toothbrush. Come on. Uh, get it, get into like the new world here. Get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group. A lot of us go here, go there at DNVR. They're located, located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Again, get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the DNBR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mattis, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, the Unabomber himself. It's Brendan Bowe. Nobody's going to get that the hood. Nobody's yeah. going to get that joke. We're not no on one. Video. They can't see me. Seems this is a really out of left field reference there. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing a hood, looking a little creepy, but I'm feeling good, guys. Harrison, am I wrong? Doesn't he look exactly like the sketch of the Unabomber? Do you remember that sketch yeah. where he was wearing a hood and he just looked like a normal, average person? Yeah, yeah. definitely giving off police sketch vibes. <laughs> police <laughs> sketch vibes. Yeah, I'm, I'm also joined by the man whose wind is, or hair is being hidden by a hat right now. I don't know why I'm making references to what you guys look like. Nobody can see this. Just <laughs> describing in detail what you guys look like. It's yeah. Harrison Wynn. I'm doing great, guys. Um, I'm relaxed and in, in, in full off-season mode. Got a coffee right here. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling well, that good. was that was actually my first question: is if you guys are in off-season mode yet? Because I don't feel like I am. Hmm. Is, is that is that a hint that I should be working harder? <laughs> Where's no, the just, content, Harrison? It's, it's awesome because I was actually talking to in the Keeping It One Thousand podcast with George Carl, which I highly recommend everybody both subscribe to, but also listen. This latest episode is straight fire, guys. It's like one of the favorite podcasts I've ever done. George, very unfiltered George Carl, very very unfiltered George Carl, including talking about the Cronkies and what he expects out of them this summer. So just a nice little tease there. Mm. But one of the things he said was that he didn't take a vacation for like two weeks after the season because he was just like had to decompress from the season. And I kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, that I, I couldn't just step right out of game, game five and then go right into like, oh, let's, let's hit up Cancun or let's go to the mountains or whatever. It's taken me a little bit to kind of just unwind and sit here. And we got the finals and the Nuggets made it far enough that it almost still feels like an extension right. of their season, right? Watching those Lakers yeah. advance. So That's I am still point. kind of in season mode. And I'm having a rough time because my body's programmed around 4.30 each day to just start feeling really anxious and fearful of LeBron <laughs> James. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are no games left. So I do feel like these therapy sessions are a requirement after the season ends. Yeah, like, yeah, I, sure. I, I feel like we're, we're covering all the bases, going through the roster, talking about the storylines, the takeaways. It, uh, it, it definitely ties a bow on everything. It definitely does. Are we – as Nuggets fans, I just find it impossible to root for the Lakers under any circumstances. But do you find yourself hoping that, you know, if the Lakers storm through this finals and win in four or five, you could say as a Nuggets, like, hey, if you're right there, like there's one team that was better than everybody else, but Denver appeared to be as good as everybody else outside of that one team. Does that feel better? Or do you just say like, F the Lakers, man, <laughs> make them lose as many times as they can? F the Lakers. F them. I agree. I agree. F them. I want to see the Miami Heat win. I want to see this as a competitive series. 
Um, the Nuggets are, are much closer to a Miami Heat style roster than a Los Angeles Lakers style roster. So yeah, I'm rooting for the Heat. I mean, what about all those poor Lakers fans, though? I mean, they had to watch like six or seven years of yeah, some mediocre yeah, teams. Oh, my God. Um, so the you worst. have to feel for them if they don't win. No, F the Lakers for sure. Uh, it's go Miami. Vindication season for Jimmy. It would be a cool bow um, or a cool feather in Eric Spolster's cap to go ahead and beat LeBron. And um, honestly, I'm just not ready for the Anthony Davis puff pieces. If they I, win, so. That's exactly. So here's here's what I'm thinking. There's all these stars that Lee, like Kawhi Leonard left a champion to go to the, to the Clippers and him flaming out now has become like for finally, they, people should have asked this question 12 months ago and said, why is he, why are you, don't you want to win? Why are you leaving a contender to go to Los Angeles? Nobody asked those questions when they happened and people finally are starting to ask him. I think with Anthony Davis and LeBron, you're right. It sucked watching Anthony Davis not have much success in his career. Go to the super team, and all of a sudden people are like, he's so clutch and driven and all this stuff. So for, if they fall short, I just – the only way I – and I don't think this would even have an impact, but the only way I see these super teams and players forcing their way and screwing over their current teams to get to the team they want, the only way I see that ending is if lots of high-profile team have their legacies tarnished by that. And Anthony Davis going to the Lakers and never getting it done would be one of those things. It would be one of those things where it was like, wow – you force this to happen, then you didn't deliver. Everybody throws eggs at you, and then maybe the next wave of superstars goes, I don't know, maybe I should choose the team and the organization. Jimmy Butler did sort of the same thing, only his reason for going to Miami was because he thought they could win, not because it was Miami. I mean, I think it played a part exactly. of it. But yeah, he went yeah. there for the culture and for the team, and there's just something a lot better about that than just saying, hey, let's throw guys together in Los Angeles and throw a party. Mm. But Question. Culture, culture over coastline, as I like to say, as I just mentioned. Question for both of you, culture over coastline. If the Lakers lose to this Miami team, don't the questions start about what Anthony Davis does this summer? Um, and wouldn't oh. that be kind of fun? Does he just but, come back? Oh, of course he comes back. I don't think they'll start. Really? There, there's no way, yeah. You talk right. yourself into it was year what one. If, what if he goes up and teams up with Zion Williamson in New Orleans? That'd be an interesting <laughs> That team would be nasty. <laughs> this is the worst conversation. Uh, all right, for today's show, guys, and actually for the next three, we're going to be bringing you some questions to help frame the offseason. And I think they're pertinent questions that just kind of will naturally lead to interesting conversations about where the Nuggets are and where they go from here. Um, so we have our list. There's – 12 in total we're going to split them up over three shows um are you guys ready to get started with this list let's do it i'm ready question number one where do the denver nuggets rank amongst favorites to win the western conference next season so we're keeping this contained to the west let's forget about the east for a second but this is one of the nice questions about just how good are these nuggets this is another way of framing this because ESPN, I think it was Kevin Pelton and Bobby Marks. Bobby Marks, by the way, has been in the Nuggets corner for a lot of this run. You know, he's mm-hmm. been he's been in the one club. of the guys. He's, he's in, in the, the club. club. He's yep. in the club. Right? Club member. <laughs> club he's, got member. A, he's got a table. Uh, and Kevin Pelton is not a part of any club. He's straight numbers, man. So, like, he, he <laughs> I don't think he has, like, favorites he ever plays. It's just a strictly numbers guy. But, you know, neither one of those guys thought Denver was that close to being a favorite next year, which was kind of surprising. Hmm. Vo, I'll start with you. Walk us through your list of where Denver is in the uh, Western Conference scram at this very moment. Things are going to change. We haven't even hit free agency or the draft yet. Things will change, but at this very moment. So 
the Lakers are both obviously the team that's representing the Western Conference, and yeah. they could have some maneuverability to bring in another big name, uh, if not full-on star over the offseason. So I think you have to look at the Lakers as number one again um, until you see some steep drop-off from LeBron, which could very well be coming. But until the day we see it, as we just learned, uh, probably safe to assume he's still up there. By the way, another thing for Nuggets fans to be watching should they tune into this finals, we talked about it a lot. LeBron James looks simultaneously like the best version of himself and washed, like just depending. Right. And right. I'm curious, I mean, he. it's very easy to make the argument that LeBron James has been dominant. He just chose not to be against the Nuggets till he had to be. I think it's – I don't know that I fully buy into that, but it, I'm also not – I can't throw it out because he right. was so dominant in game Precisely. five. Precisely. So if he goes in this finals and he looks a little bit like guys can shut him down and he doesn't quite have the burst and he runs out of steam, you know, maybe that's a data point that you take into next season and go, okay, he actually is at the end. If he goes into this finals and completely dominates, you might look at it and go, well, damn. (laughs) I don't know if Um, we're beating the Lakers anytime soon. From there, I think there are three teams and three fan bases who would all argue we're right there. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's the Nuggets – the Warriors, and the Clippers. Um, I have them actually in that order. I'm going to go with Nuggets too. Um, Warriors, obviously not much to prove, but a lot of questions to answer following those injuries. The role player situation looks different than it ever has. So I'm not just going to pencil them right into number two yet. And then the Clippers will also have some answers. I mean, some people will questions to answer. Some Clippers fans will feel relieved that Doc is gone and Harrell's leaving. And maybe that's a path to them improving. Um, But there's also a path to the wheels sort of falling off of that wagon. I I think the Nuggets are right there with either of those teams, and I have them at two. Hmm. Uh, Vote. I I could not agree anymore. Really? I have the same order. I have the Lakers one, the Nuggets two, the Clippers. Wait, you had the Clippers three or four? I have the Clippers four, actually. Okay, I have the Clippers three. I have the Warriors four. Um. I think that's the top tier of the West. Maybe you could slice that in, in, into two tiers if you want, but uh, I think that's the top tier of the West next season. I've got the Mavs fifth as kind of the next team mm. and maybe a tier by themselves, to be quite honest, tier two. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I've got those teams as the top four. I don't know what to think of the Warriors. Like, yes, they have Curry, Clay, Draymond. Those guys are a lot older than they were in, uh, you know, 2016, 2017. Um, but they'll be really solid, I think. And uh, they'll, they'll be near the top of the conference. But, yeah, I mean, that's my top four. So I deviate from you guys a little, I think, quite a bit. And and you talk mm-hmm. about tiers. I'm with you, Bo. I think the Lakers are the class of the, of the West um, until proven otherwise. And that proof could come mid-next season. I mean, we've talked about this for a right. long time with LeBron. One injury away from – from him entering the final phase of his career. But they're going to be number one because I do think they're going to add a bunch of talent to that roster, and it's just going to suck to watch. Nuggets fans always get their hope up for like, oh, can we add this guy or that guy? What would happen? But it's Los Angeles being a title contender and in, La- in, a- and in L.A., they're, they're just going to pull a lot. So Lakers number one. I have Nuggets number two, and I have Nuggets Clippers in their own tier. The Clippers are an interesting one because – Coming into the season, people were like, oh, yeah, Montrezl Harrell and uh, Pat Beverly and Lou Williams and, like, look at all these pieces. I think what one of the things the playoffs have revealed is that, you know, Marcus Moore, all those guys, good, not really that big a difference makers. And I think that they are going to look quite a bit different 
going into next season, certainly by, by the end of next season than they look right now. And so they're the hardest to project. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard take, took a little hit, I think, this year. Didn't play a ton of – you know, one of the questions I have about the Clippers is their culture. A lot of talent at the top there. Do we have a lot of confidence that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can build a solid culture as leaders of their team? I have almost none of that. Yeah. And because of that, look, talent wins out in the end, but you still have to have a little bit of the other stuff. It's not like those other things are, are completely meaningless, and we saw that a little bit with this Clippers team. So um, Nugget, I have Lakers 1, Nuggets 2, Clippers 3. Then I have a tier of Dallas, Blazers, and Jazz. Dallas is really good, man. I mean, they are – you have to remember they're like the Nuggets two or three seasons ago. That's how young, you know, they are right now. I expect that their curve, especially for a guy like Doncic, will be pretty steep. Um, I think they're going to be a better team. The Blazers, same thing. They get Nurkic back. They, they, I think, will be a more dynamic team for a full season. And then the Jazz, remember the Nuggets were right there, almost lost to them. I have the Warriors and Rockets after those two teams at 7-8 wow. mm. because – the Warriors guys, everybody's talking about Steph Curry coming back. Well, Steph and Draymond started this season. They weren't very good. You add Andrew Wiggins, does that move the needle a whole lot? And then on top of that, you add a Clay Thompson that just hasn't – by the time the season comes around, it'll be, what, a year and a half since he last stepped on a basketball court? It's going to be such a long time. They're also – Steph Curry will be 32. Clay Thompson, I think, 31. Draymond Green, 30. Like, they're not young anymore. I just don't know that the Warriors are going to – I'm not buying Warrior stock just yet. I think they're going to be good. I just don't think they're going to be a, ty- a contender next year, barring a crazy move, which is possible. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they have that high draft pick, and and I guess Wiggins is the piece. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> as you flesh it out, I mean, I don't think they add Giannis, but I guess there is a path to them adding more talent, I suppose. Um and I, I, it's 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 almost a respect pick, right? A nod of the tip of the cap to what those three guys can do. But you're absolutely right, Adam, that the floor on this Warrior season um, is definitely lower than than at first glance. Mm-hmm. It might be as low as the Rockets is Rockets floor, and just because the Rockets have all that talent, but are they? You know, they don't have a coach at the moment. They we don't know. Russell Westbrook looked horrible, and he's kind of old too. Like. James Harden, I feel the same way about James Harden as I do about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George right now. Just Is he yeah. really the leader of a great team, or is he just a right. really talented guy and things have to go right for him? So um, I don't know. It's fun doing this because this is like, you know, we're watching a horse race, and it, we're one lap in. It's a four-lap race. You know, like you can't ever tell who the winner is after one lap, but we're just calling it about who's ahead right now. And sure. we'll mm-hmm. probably ask much of these same questions again at the start of the season. And I imagine that our answers will be pretty different by then because we'll see what moves have been made and what have you. But um, in, in either way, it's interesting to see that we at least feel that the Nuggets are right there in that second tier, only behind the Lakers. I mean, if I had to pick a team to win the Western Conference regular season, uh, just before we get to the playoffs, I'm taking the Nuggets. Uh, like, if I had to put money down on a team to win the, yeah. the West in the regular season – um, it, it like the Clippers, man, I, I always come back to this. The Clippers had their full contingent of, of players healthy for like five games in the regular right. season. Yeah. Yeah. Still got the two seed. Right. Um, I, I just like always come back to that, but with Denver, uh, with MPJ, like moving into the starting lineup with them, probably bringing a lot of these guys back. I, I think the ingredients are there for them to get the one. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, why don't you take us to break, Wind, and when we come back, we'll uh, we'll get to the rest of our list. Yeah, first up, guys, from Breck Brewing, this beer, the Palisade Peach, this should come with like a warning label because it, it might be the best Breck brew I've ever tried. No joke, no hyperbole. The, the Palisade Peach, it tastes like Thank you're you. drinking peach juice. Um, it's just like an incredibly smooth beer. It is great fantastic. for any occasion. We have them stocked at the bar, and like, I mean, I was just downing them during uh, the Lakers series. How, how great is dangerous. Palisade Peach too? Like, it's uh, this is like super Colorado, a Breck yeah. brew with Palisade Peach. Oh yeah, it's so good. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, make sure to pick it up from Breck Brewing. If you don't know where to find Breck Brew, where you are throughout the United States, hit up the Breck Brew Beer Locator on their website. You'll be able to track down your closest uh, Palisade Peach. Also, MSU Denver Online, if you're looking to go back to school or maybe you're looking to go to college for the first time, check out MSU Denver Online. Look, online classes are really the only option a lot of us have right now. And MSU Denver Online, they've been doing it forever. So they've got this online thing down. Awesome teachers, awesome courses. And like I said, it's super flexible. So no matter if you're just going to school full time, maybe you're working a job on the side, MSU Denver Online has tons of awesome choices for you. So check out their entire course list, msudenver.edu backslash online. All right, let's get back to this list here um, about our big questions for free agency or, or for the offseason. So does Denver, this is a, this is maybe my favorite one on the entire list we do. Does Denver's largest growth from here, does it come from free agency, the trade market, the draft, or internal development in your mind? I'm going to start with you, Brendan. Those are, that's the four ways you can kind of grow a team. What do you sure. think is going to have the biggest impact on the Nuggets, you know, from now until the end of next season? I think internal development, um, depending on how you're viewing, I guess, Jeremy Grant here a little bit as well. I mean, like technically, you know, you're mm, retaining him right. for agency or whatever, but there's two guys you look um, at Denver needing to retain, but also to improve. Michael Porter Jr., of course, is the obvious answer. And that's like, there's no, with where they're picking in this draft and with the cap space they'll have available and who's available, there's no chance they could possibly improve more dramatically than this kid taking the leap. And the leap does not have to be the one Jamal just made, right? The leap has to be definitively playable. You know, sorry, I just maybe, you know, sorry, I just checked out for a play or two, but like we're on a run here with me (laughs) in the game, you know? Right, right. And then Jeremy Grant too, who, which I'm glad we touched on this in those last two parters is not necessarily a static piece at 26, just coming off of playoffs where he seemed to add things to his game. This is, this is a guy that could still possibly get better. So if those two guys are in a Nuggets uniform, um, I I think you can come back a better team more so than, than through the draft or free agency. Mm. Yeah. I mean, internal and through, I guess, the trade market are the two options. Like, I just don't see a huge addition being made in free agency. The draft, I think they can get a, you know, like a a solid piece in in the 20s, but I don't think it's going to be like a game changer. Um, But internally, you look at MPJ, maybe Jeremy Grant has some more things to unlock in his offensive game. PJ Dozier, I think, is still scratching the surface. Bull, bull. I think there's a lot of areas where you can look internal and say, okay, next year we're going to get a lot from some of the guys that were just kind of on the fringes of the rotation this year, mainly Dozier and Bull. And Mm -hmm. so that's definitely the most likely scenario. Now you still could improve a lot 
externally, like through a trade, there are going to be rumors about a Drew Holiday deal. Like he's going to be floated as a trade target for a lot of contenders out there. And man, that would like make for a huge improvement uh, for Denver. But the more likely scenario, um, internal, that, that's for sure. So I agree with you guys. I think it's internal development. And here's the number that I look at that really sort of intrigues me about this Denver Nuggets team. If you look at just the playoff minutes, there were 120 minutes with Murray, Porter, Grant, and Jokic on the court together. 120 is pretty small sample size, but in the playoffs, a decent one. It had a plus 16 net rating in the playoffs. This is against good teams that that lineup, which you imagine makes up the core of your team next year, your four great, you know, greatest players and it was really dominant I mean six plus 16 is an insane net rating so I think you look at that and go that lineup was not allowed to play this year for very for a variety of reasons it just didn't get a, a great chance to get a lot of run next year it should be your most popular four-man lineup I think and you just talk about going through an 82 game schedule or however long the season is next year with those guys developing there's no other story that's bigger than that. Yes, the Nuggets could add a true holiday, and that would be maybe that changes the equation. But I kind of don't think they will. I think the Nuggets look at it and go, Western Conference Finals with this group and with a guy that we barely got to see, little moves around the edges, not the big move. And right. if that's the case, it's definitely internal development. And then I love what you said, Wind. It's not just Michael Porter, of which right. we think he goes from a 10-minute-per-game player to a 30-minute-per-game in the playoff player next year. That that alone would probably make this internal development. But you're also talking about P.J. Dozier, who we all like, who maybe then becomes a legitimate player by the end of next season. We talk about a bowl bowl. I doubt he's going to be a 30-minute-per-game player or even 25-minute-per-game player, but can he be a guy that gets in – can he be the Michael Porter of next year, meaning he does play 15 minutes, and every now and then he turns a game for you in a good way. Um, you know, you've got that. Jokic and Murray also still scratching the surface. So there's a lot in internal development that I think works um, in their favor. Free agency, I, it's probably the lowest. Maybe that, that in the draft. Right. The draft, whoever they get in this offseason, should they use their draft pick – probably not an impact player. He's probably more of an end of bench guy. And then free agency. There's again, it's players around the periphery, but I don't think there's any stars or anything like that coming. So, you know, I mean, what you do know about Denver, they've got to be saying to themselves after getting to the Western conference finals, like, yes, adding a drew holiday would be nice, but I don't think we need to add a drew holiday to, you know, keep moving forward and, and keep taking another step. We've got to where we are doing what we've been doing. Definitely. But yeah. look, the, the, the counter argument, which plenty of people will make these windows always close quicker than we'd like to think. It's always easy to assume you'll be back. And I think with trades, we were just sort of flirting with this idea of getting creative and adding a guy like Drew holiday to the mix but is it addition by subtraction insofar as does MPJ – I don't think so, right? But does MPJ get involved in a trade? At which point maybe you're talking like more right. of a Bradley Beal right. who you could look at as a huge upgrade and championship piece. But I'm with you, Adam. I just think it's, it's easier for this organization right now to look at what they just did and say, hey, bring Grant back, play the kid more, and, and, and we're in great shape. This is – I'm adding a new question to our list today, guys. Um, but we talk about internal development. Who are the guys most likely to develop between now and the end of next season? Like, how would you power rank that? I'll go first while you guys, I guess, think about it. But I think Michael Porter is the clear number one. After that, though, 
you know, bull bull aside, let's throw it because he's going from nothing to probably something. Let's just put him to the side. But after that, man, you could make a case for PJ Dozier, Jamal Murray, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic. All those guys, I think, are going to make small incremental advances in who they are. But there is a chance that one of those guys has a sort of breakout year, right? Murray plays at the level he played in the playoffs for the whole season, becomes this dynamic, high-volume three-point shooter. That changes the Nuggets completely. Jokic, frustrated by getting outplayed by Anthony Davis in the conference finals, comes back with a chip on his shoulder and more motivated than we've ever seen. That's a better three-point shooter, better post-up player. That's all on the table. Um, And then P.J. Dozier, Monte Morris, those guys – I don't expect it from them, but you never know. P.J. Dozier's young. He got his first taste of actually being a player in this NBA. Maybe he comes back even more dynamic, and we're talking next year. There's always a, there's almost always a guy that comes out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, man, didn't expect so-and-so to be a big piece of this team, but now P.J. Dozier is a big piece of the team, the starting shooting guard or something. Yeah, I mean that – so go ahead, Wood. No, um, I, I agree. MPJ is one. I'd say Dozier is second. Mm. Uh Bowl is is so fascinating because, like, is he going to be a part of the rotation next year? I know we'll get to that, but like, I I could see so much rapid improvement from him. Yeah, like, I agree. if if he is playing, you know, just even ten to fifteen minutes a night, right. maybe he gets some more time when a game's a blowout one way or another. But he's a guy kind of in the same boat as Dozier a little bit, where he's just going to improve so much every time he's on the floor and that's great for the regular season. Like that's what you want to dedicate your regular season to. Isn't that the most fun outcome of next season is that bull bowl is totally. the surprise guy. And it's like, totally. Oh yeah, we just, we didn't even talk about him coming into the season and now he's like the fifth most important player. It's at least on the table. Yeah. I don't know if I see like another, uh, another level of Jeremy Grant's game. He could have it. I, do. I just don't see I do. it. Oh, okay. I do. Uh, for me, it's putting the ball on the floor. It's using his athleticism. I've wondered this whole year. He's an athletic guy that doesn't use his athleticism. I've wondered if that's because he's in line for a you know, $60, $70 million contract. And going to the hole recklessly every single game, you never know that's going to end your opportunity to make that money. So if you get him an extension where he's secure, he doesn't have to worry about all that other stuff, maybe – you know, maybe that means he becomes more aggressive or maybe it's just a skill he has to learn. You know, maybe it's just a thing he hasn't learned yet, but it is something he can learn. I could, I'm not predicting it happens with any of these guys, but with Jeremy, I would not be surprised if he had a leap in him. And the PJ thing is more than just a a fun wrinkle in the story for Nuggets fans. I mean, there's, whether you're looking at him, maybe potentially usurping Morris as not necessarily just the backup one, with that secondary ball hanger, ball handler you bring in to get Jamal off ball to free th- free some things up. Um, with Monte, it's it's always a bit of a sacrifice. You love his presence, just too small to play defense. PJ, that's not a problem. Right. And then maybe you're looking at Gary Harris. Like this is a huge if, but if PJ were to take some big leap, you'd like that starting shooting guard to be someone with some defensive prowess. But maybe you feel a little more comfortable letting them put the ball on the floor. Right. There's a path to that for PJ. Uh, whether that's likely or not right i love it man this was a, this one has me a little optimistic i like that internal development all these guys can be better um next question here on our list how do you evaluate will barton's role on this team so here's the crazy thing to think about and it sucks will barton has been a part of the development of this team and getting to where they are 
he has yet to reap any of the rewards. He missed both playoffs. I mean, last year he played but got booed off the court from his own fan base because he was that bad and by his own admission wasn't himself. This year he missed it entirely because he couldn't even get on the court. Think about that. It would be very noticeable if this was Jokic or Murray or somebody like that where we're like, man, we went through this whole thing, but we didn't get to see him in the playoffs. I have, what if Barton's a playoff performer? We don't know. We have no <laughs> idea what kind of player Barton is in the playoffs because we've only seen him on one leg one time, and then on, we didn't see him at all the next time. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the Nuggets made the Western Conference Finals without Will Barton. Like, that's just kind of the facts. Um, they started Jeremy Grant at small forward for – the entire playoff run and he looked very capable there the thing about Barton it's like he can take on such a load in the regular season like not even talking about the playoffs but like he was their third leading scorer in the regular season obviously he's a 30 minute per game guy that stuff is so valuable over the course of 82 games I don't know how many games are playing next season 60 70 whatever but what he can do and just kind of the responsibility that he can carry over the regular season, that's going to be so valuable. You know, when Jokic and Murray's usage isn't like above 30, like every night during the regular season, that stuff's really valuable. So yeah, it sucks that we don't know what kind of player he is in the playoffs, but I think there's still value there and just the ability to eat up minutes. Another guy that can put the ball on the floor, um, for sure. And I think you wonder, Jeremy Grant was used at the three a lot in the postseason, but was a four all regular season long. Um, do you start MPJ at two or three? Does that leave room for Barton still being a part of right, this team? Right. Great. I mean, they made it to the conference finals without him. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But you're not going to convince me that they wouldn't have played just as well, if not better, probably with a 16, with a 15, six and four guy. You know, it's not about like, do they beat the Lakers? But of course that guy helps. So um, is he that guy or, or are you lucky enough where you, where you settle into a situation financially where you're comfortable with his contract as a player that comes off the bench and then you've got a guy that you really do trust to create some offense and then you can just stick MPJ in the starting unit and not worry so much about the bench scoring. So there's still plenty of paths to him being a valuable player in Denver. Um, and, and then the, the, the more bummer thing is, you know, Maybe you play him a lot in the regular season. He recoups some value, and that's a potential trade piece. One thing I keep thinking about with what you brought up there about, like, where does Barton play? I think he does play over Michael Porter, a little bit over Torrey Craig, but I think for the most part it was taking away from MPJ. And Michael Porter was a plus 54, the team high plus 54 in this playoffs. Now, I know that was a little bit on limited minutes, but it does make you wonder – you take away some of that, even if you take away some of the bad parts of Michael Porter, I just don't know that it makes the Nuggets meaningfully better. Right. I wonder what his role Barton is. Barton's a really good player. It just, uh, there's an alternative universe where maybe this worked out where maybe Gary Harris doesn't come back and Barton does. And then the team gets rolling under that new, you know, un, un, under that sort of, if you just replace Gary Harris's minutes, assuming he could have had the defensive impact, which he probably couldn't have, but assuming you can get through that first series and then replace Gary Harris and Torrey Craig's minutes with Barton, I think that's a plus for Denver. I just don't think it would have played out that way. Um, going forward, I kind of wonder if Barton is part of this team going forward. I'm, I'm really yeah. curious about that. Him and Gary Harris seem like the most likely ones to uh, to get moved. Let's – um. Our last question here is what should fans expect of Michael Porter Jr. next season? And I love this question. We'll get to it on the other side of this break, though, um, to wrap up this first, this first of three podcasts on big questions with the Nuggets. 
Yeah, guys. Well, it was National Coffee Day on Tuesday on uh, September 29th, and we're hyping it up all week to celebrate Strava Craft Coffee is offering a 30% off coupon for DNVR listeners. If you guys haven't tried Strava yet, now is definitely the time. We've raved about this CBD-infused coffee for a long time. It's because it not only tastes amazing, but the health benefits have been incredible for so many. Uh, If you love coffee and happen to suffer from chronic migraines, IBS, arthritis, stress, uh, you should check this out. We are not saying this coffee is a cure to any of those ailments, but check out their reviews and see for yourself. Uh, Again, head to StravaCraftCoffee.com to get your 30% off today by using code DNVR30. Um, Also, guys, week three of football is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week four, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. Head to their app right now. You don't want to miss this. They are giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? If football is not for you, DraftKings is giving you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. Also, tons of finals bets that you can get in on, of course. Uh, So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this campus offer. Pick any team during week four. Bet $1 on them and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, final segment here as we wrap up um, today's episode. The big question is what should we expect of Michael Porter? I love this one. I love, I love framing it as expect. I'm going to start with you, Harrison. What's a realistic expectation for Michael Porter? I guess you could answer this as throughout the season and by the end of the season, because I think there is a difference with young players. They come into it. Even the work they put in the offseason, they'll be different at the start than they will at the end. What's, what, what do you expect of him? What's realistic? Um, I expect that he will like clearly establish himself as, as that third guy. Like By season's end, there is going to be no debate. He's starting at small forward. He's playing 30 minutes a night. Um, you know, he is clearly the third guy for the present and the future. Uh, that, that's what I expect of him. Now, like more specifically, um, look, nobody works on defense during the summer, during the offseason. Like, I, right. I think we know that. Um, it, it's not as easy as just working on your shot, working on your one-on-one game. It's not as fun. But I expect him – Maybe not at the beginning of the season, but, you know, a couple months in, uh, by the midway point, especially in the back half of next regular season, to be a much improved defender. And uh, I I think a lot of it is going to have to do with just the reps he gets. But, you know, a lot of it is also just going to have to be him just uh, just learning the nuances of NBA defense, more committing uh, to being better on that end. So um, I expect a lot. I I expect a lot. I expect to see a high mistake at times frustrating to watch 20 point per game score. I, I do. I mean, I think, 
Um, the more he's folded into what this offense does, both in terms of just kind of intuitively as they're playing loose, but also in terms of literally being a part of the playbook at all, I think his engagement and his buy-in will become sort of cyclical in a positive way. I think as he sees himself getting to do what he loves to do, what he knows he can do, it'll actually be a little easier to say, hey, we need you to, to give us that effort on the boards, need you to play more on defense. Um, if he feels like he's a part of what the Denver Nuggets are doing well on the other end, um, I think you'll see a little bit of buy-in. So there's still going to be those moments where you go, what is he doing? And I'm sure there will be five to six times during the regular season where we get a classic yoke right angle forearm pose, also wondering what he's doing. But I, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a guy that scores um, as well as anyone his age in the NBA. So one of the things I think about with Michael Porter that goes a little untalked about is that he's 21 or actually 22. I'm sorry. He's 22. Mm-hmm. Next year will be his, this was his age 21 season, but he is now 22. He's not that young. I mean, we think of him as a rookie player, but he's a little bit of an older rookie player because he sat out that one year. I think that the expectation for him, and I'm not saying it as in this is going to happen, but what Nuggets fans, what the coaching staff, what he himself should expect of him is that he does, like, by the end of next season, he's fully brought along. I'm not saying he's a great defender. I'm just saying he understands what he's supposed to be doing on both ends of the court throughout the entire game. He understands what his role is on offense and on defense. And that role might not be as the number one option. I think it's, it should be an expectation that it is one of the three options on the court, that it's a Jokic, Murray, and Porter, not just a Jokic, Murray, and everyone else. I think that's an expectation. But I look at it and I think he's talented enough right now to be a 20-point-per-game scorer, in my opinion. He's talented enough to be an elite rebounder, cutter, guy that changes the offense and does all those things. So my expectation for him is that he is what he said he wanted to be going into this bubble, which is one of the reasons the Nuggets are good. Not one of the other guys, but one of the reasons that the Nuggets, this Nuggets team is good. So there's a lot of work on his end, I think, especially between the years, kind of getting up to speed. But for me, expectation is he is we by the – End of the playoff run next year, we're talking about Denver's big three, not their dynamic duo. And if not, then, you know, the Nuggets probably are going to have to reevaluate some things after that because I'm putting a lot on his shoulders, but it's because I expect a lot from him because I just think he's so damn good. Yeah, and you listen to some of the quotes that he had throughout the playoffs, and maybe it's just the optimist in me, but I want to buy that he really like took what happened in the playoffs and the experiences that he got and just the kind of just awakening that he might've had that defense is such a big part of the playoffs. And you've just got to be solid on defense. If you want to play a big role, he was open and honest that those are some of the things he realized throughout the playoffs. I want to believe that. And uh, because of that, I I think like this playoffs, could have been a turning point for him and just kind of understanding that that's going to be a necessary part of his game going forward. I'm so high on his talent, man. I really hope it comes together. I hate it. It's funny. I was talking about this, I think with Matt Moore the other day, but you know, Jamal Murray was a cocky 19, 20 year old when he came into the league, he had a maturation process that had to happen. He had a humbling that had to happen and and all these things. And I think Michael Porter wants the right thing. I think he's going to work hard. I hope he works hard on the right things. I hope that he stays connected to the team. Uh, And I hope that the relationship that Jokic and Murray have established with each other 
opens up. It's it's always tough uh, opening your relationship from two people to three people, but they need a healthy three-person relationship there to make it work. And um, it's going to be one of the biggest tests of this Nuggets. Winning a championship isn't easy, and figuring out a way to make three a three-pillared sort of uh, attack work is going to be one of the hardest things I think they've had to do. But it, if they pull it off, they're going to be a championship-caliber team. That's why it frames so much of the conversation for the Nuggets, in my opinion. Um, that'll do it for this episode, though, guys. We're going to be back uh, the rest of the week finishing this out with uh, a series of questions just like these ones that will help us frame where the Nuggets are and where they're going. So be sure to, su- to stay subscribed, stay locked here to DNVR Nuggets because uh, the offseason off season's my second favorite season in the NBA. It goes postseason number one, offseason number two, regular season number three. <laughs> it's sad, but it's kind of true. Um, So we're going to have lots of fun stuff going on. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new episode. Yeah, before we get out of here, guys, we gave away $300 on WGT last Mm. weekend. We gave away a free T-shirt, a free hat, a free DNVR mask, some awesome DNVR swag just for playing WGT. Uh, The winner of our Closest to the Pin Challenge on WGT last weekend took home $200 in cash. Second place got 100, and, and like I said, third place got a bunch of DNBR swag. It's that easy. And these WGT tournaments take literally five minutes to play, and you can actually walk away with $100 or $200 in cash. Download WGT World Golf Tour from dnbrgolf.com to register for the tournaments that we do every weekend. Search for the DNBR Three Country Club. And hey, you can win $200, $100, some really cool DNVR swag in just a couple minutes playing a golf phone game. It's as easy as that.